0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I've been talking to people about violence in schools. And people contact me and, and, and want to talk about it. And it's really, really a major issue right across this country. And it's being tamped down, as I understand, by school administrations in many cases. So I came across an op-ed in the National Post written by Dr. Paul Bennett, the founder of the Schoolhouse Institute. And the op-ed headline is, listen to this, Canada's schools have descended into a violent hell and we let it happen. Dr. Bennett, thanks for joining us.
1: Good to be on your show.
0: So our schools nationally have descended into a Violent hell. Let's begin with that before we get into that we let it happen. How bad is the violence in our schools nationally? And I'll ask you to give us an overview from twenty thousand feet.
1: Well the pandemic has subsided, and in its place, we've confronted a an epidemic of school violence. It's being reported in every province and territory across Canada. And it comes in two forms. One is student on student violence, which tends to be underreported. And then the other is a student on teacher or student on staff member violence, which gets a lot more play because it's actually a very, very big part of the ongoing um, negotiations between teachers, school boards, and um, their unions. And so we've got a a much more complicated situation, but in answer to your question, we have essentially an epidemic of school violence. It subsided during the period when schools were closed during the pandemic, but it is back with a vengeance.
0: How violent. And let's talk about the scenarios that you described to us, student on student, uh, student on teacher, how violent.
1: Well, fists and uh, knives are far more common than guns in Canada's schools. It seems to be concentrated in the 4,700 public high schools, although the reported data um, gives a false impression because there's more data that's generated um, where it's collected in elementary schools than in secondary schools. Uh, Essentially, what happens in a secondary school is people are so intimidated they don't report it or students are moving from class to class and violent incidents uh, just um, are part of the overall structure. But getting back to your question, I think what we've got is a serious uh, problem on two levels. One, uh, violent outbursts and um, significant disruptive uh, activities, and then low level disturbances, which we now know from studies, um, the average class is disrupted once every 15 minutes by some kind of disruption. So low-level disruptions on an ongoing daily basis, and isolated incidents which attract the attention of the police, and are ultimately um, ending up in the media, and then you get responses from the school districts, Mm. in that order. Uh,
0: I have obviously more questions for you, but let me go to the second part of the headline of your op-ed we let it happen explain please
1: well i'm quite a critic of uh, what's happened since the abolition of the no tolerance policies you go back to ontario in 2007 2008 we were told that if we got rid of no tolerance policies and we didn't uh, really suspend or um, expel any students we could have other means that we would deal with them and we would provide support encouragement we wouldn't uh, find um, those that are, um, I would say, marginalized kids uh, suffering as a result of being uh, unduly punished. And so we had would come in with a new strategy. And that new strategy is called positive behavior supports. Well, we now know that it's not worked, um, nor have other things like pink shirt day. I'm sure your listeners are well aware of that because it just happened. Pink Shirt Day has been around since 2007, and it is uh, very, very common for people to rally behind it, but it doesn't work. Experts say that any one-day project or uh, one-day wonder uh, which promotes confused messages like the Pink Shirt Day uh, it will have little or no effect. It's very, very uh, perfunctory. So we've got a variety of things. I'm a big advocate of looking at our current student behavior policies, doing a complete review, and changing the fundamentals of the relationship between teachers, students, and parents.
0: So are you suggesting that we go back a few years to where there was actual consequence for ill behavior in the classroom or in the school?
1: I think we should go forward with an approach which balances uh, some deterrence, which is essentially missing now, with the supports that we've developed over the last 15 years. I think we have the capacity to do better in this field. And I'm not satisfied with the explanations that uh, the no tolerance policy was a disaster and, and did all kinds of harms. I think there's uh, we threw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not recommending going back. I'm recommending going forward with a what I call a student behavior strategy, uh, which is a completely new approach. Which combines the two things. Now, um, I'm also in favor of uh, uh, some reporting of what's going on. Uh, you'd realize how underreported student on student violence is. Uh, if you take Ontario, for example, the last time it was reviewed by CBC investigative unit in October of 2019, they revealed that uh, half the reports were inaccurate 77% uh, percent of the um, school uh, boards. Uh, did not really report any any um, violence or expulsions. Um, so there's something seriously wrong with the reporting. Mm-hmm. So we have underreporting reporting of the incidents, um, and then we have uh, a problem with a, a lack of real deterrence or consequences. Uh, even um, teacher unions, for example, in the um, towns Valley School Board, uh, there's been a real pushback against what is called progressive discipline. Which is essentially this, that teachers are frustrated because they will find um, students misbehaving, um, you know, touching one another, uh, punching one another, or threatening one another. And they'll actually report it and it goes nowhere. There's also the issue of principals and the conflict of interest they have. They want to present an image of their school as being safe and secure. So they're not really inclined to want to talk a whole lot about it. Plus, they all now insist that their school is trauma-informed. And uh, let's take Nepean High School, where a huge issue happened in uh, June of 2022. A mother, uh, Sarah Murray, uh, her son was beaten up and came home bloody. She went to the school, and they, they actually at first said, no, it really wasn't as bad. They kind of denied it happened. And then they took her aside, and they said, well, you realize that we have a trauma-informed school here. We don't want to unduly upset the teachers or the, the parents or the others by talking too much about this. What I call, is this is what I think is a bigger problem, the culture of silence mm-hmm. surrounding the level of violence in our school.
0: Dr. Bennett, you also point out that teachers are not as placid or maybe compliant as they might, as, might have been, certainly not all of them. Teachers are speaking out. And you write about uh, um, a Twitter site or X site, Teachers Unite. Talk to us about that and what, what, are the, what is the mood of teachers? I can't imagine wanting to go to school and teach if you're faced with daily violence or you said every 15 minutes in a high school class in this country there's an incident. Every 15 minutes on average. What about this uh, Teachers Unite site?
1: I think it's symptomatic of what's going on. And that is more and more teachers and educational assistants are speaking out uh, as they find it completely intolerable. And there are quite a number of well-publicized incidents. I referred to the Thames Valley uh, District School Board where Teachers Unite is kind of based. And they've been And that's in Ontario. The last two years in Ontario. They've been consistent over the last two years in vo- vocalizing this. But wherever you look in Saskatchewan, for example, last week the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation had a press conference with four teachers who showed the injuries and uh, and um, actual terror that they faced in the classroom, and were claiming that they one left the teaching profession anyway. And you go to British Columbia; there are some significant issues there that are being reported. So everywhere you look, and where I live in Nova Scotia, just to give you an example. There were 12 police cruisers called to a school on February the uh, the 23rd, uh, and everyone took pictures of it, but the school board never had a press conference, never released any information, and they said it was under a police investigation. There's nothing been reported since. So I think what there are are all kinds of examples of things going on that uh, are not really actually being dealt with publicly publicly. A lot behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go turn this over to our callers in a few minutes. But I recall 30 years ago, we were talking about bullying in the schools. And that was a big issue. But the teachers still seem to have control. But I'll never forget, well, they seem to, but I'll never forget a call from a grade five teacher who told us on the air, she and her family had moved. And they had moved far enough from their school. Elementary School, so her grade five students couldn't reach her house on their bicycles That's how concerned she was 30 years ago
1: It's worse now. Roger. Oh, I'm sure that, that's actually very calm uh, Would you believe that in Nova Scotia there were thirteen thousand seven hundred and seventy six violent incidents reported in 2021 22 up 22 percent from the year before, good lord, and that's a school. Just there are only four hundred schools in all of Nova Scotia. There are ninety-seven hundred teachers, one hundred forty uh, thousand students. You have thirteen thousand seven hundred and seventy-six reported violent incidents. Oh, come on, that's insane. And it, here there are only four jurisdictions in Canada, uh provinces and territories, that actually collect data, and they are Ontario, uh, which collects the data, new Br- Nova Scotia. Uh, none of it and um, Yukon. Okay. Other Bennett, provinces don't publish any data so you can't really uh, get a sense of how yeah. bad it
0: is. If you want to hear more subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.